This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's the Thursday edition. That means the date day show. Paula is live in studio. Before we get to Paula, I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is the word to stand on for life, a program committed to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. All you need to do is supply the I'll call in part. You can dial 210-340-9585. It's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app, You can use the hands-free feature in your phone. One button. Call now. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Well, Paula, that's all I got. And I don't have much voice, so it's your show. Welcome to the program. Oh, my goodness. She's been let loose or something, right? (laughs) Well, this morning as I woke up, and and praise the Lord, he knows what he's talking about. Um, He's been telling me um, for the longest time, Paula, Relax, trust me. And evidently, <laughs> I must not be very relaxed at times. And evidently, with that, I must not be trusting him nearly as much as I, I kind of hope I am, you know, because <laughs> it's one of those, you know, every day, Lord, uh, what's going on, Paula? I want you to relax. Trust me. And sometimes it's like, okay, why are you telling me that? You know, kind of a thing. But today, when I, I woke up, he was saying, rest in the Lord. And in Psalm 23, too, he lets me rest in green meadows. And this is New Living Translation because I still like the old NIV better. Yeah. Um, especially that especially that mm-hmm. psalm. You don't want to mm-hmm. mess with it. Yeah, I, let me just go to NIV. Let's just go over there. Um, he maketh me to lie down in yeah, green pastures. Yeah, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Maketh is King James. Okay. <laughs> yeah. With, that's what you go back to when you can't really focus well. But anyway, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths, the right paths for his name's sake. And, you know, I just need to take a couple of deep breaths and really just relax and remember um, to just be with Jesus because he's with me. And the many times where, you know, things are just frazzled and frustrating and stuff like that, if I will just stop, be still, and know that he is God, um, 
he makes me to go shh, shh. So that's that's what happens when I go home sometimes, or you know, just shh. And he leaves me beside quiet waters. You know how sheep are. They're kind of skittish. And if the water's moving, they're like, I ain't drinking that. I'm not going near that. And so um, that's what he's saying, Paul, just just rest in me. Just rest in me. And, and when you do that, he refreshes. Let me ask soul. you a question, Paula. We hear people say all the time, um, you know, Lord told me to be still and know that he is God. Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like practically? Um, for me, it's it's... He's in control of all of whatever is going on in my life. Um, And not being, I mean, being still isn't being still just laying in the bed doing nothing. Um, Being still to me is stop fretting. Just stop fretting. Stop worrying about all the things. And, And the next thing that he... You know, as you think about resting in the Lord, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, you know, supplications, make them known to the Lord and, and you'll just have some peace. And see, we're, we're anxious for so much. I'm anxious for pretty much everything. That, that we don't follow the, in, by, but in prayer, mm-hmm. you know, let your, the, 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 the idea there is, I think we're not to take matters into our own hands. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be still, it doesn't mean, as you said, like just staying home, doing nothing, mm-hmm. but but just bathing whatever it is that we're going to do in prayer mm-hmm. so that we can know it's the will of God, so that we can know that he's with us. And in fact, if he's with us, then we don't have to take action. All we have to do is follow him. Yeah. I was going to, you know, like I told you at breakfast, I should call your phone so that we could hear your ring. In your ring, you want to do it? Huh? Want to do it? Okay. Okay. I got. I got to turn, turn. This is the first time ever this phone has been on during the radio program. Okay. Let me see if I can hurry but, up. And but get this there. is much more than a great classic American song. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. It's, it's a reminder. Mm-hmm. And you keep telling me this. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to. Everything will be all right. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell me. Don't worry, baby, baby Paula. Um, everything will be all right. See, whenever you call me, mm-hmm. my, my your picture comes up. Yeah. It's my favorite picture. Okay. And it comes up. Mm-hmm. And how do I answer the phone? Don't worry, baby. That's right. I always <laughs> say, don't worry, baby, when it's you that's calling me. So, see, but, but, but how many times, I'm sure God is a Beach Boy fan. Oh, I'm sure. But, but he loves I mean, all people. That's what he says to us all the time. Jesus said that all the time. D- don't worry about tomorrow. Don't. But but we worry so much. Yep. And I think the that that for me personally is a reminder because I got so many things going on all the time. Yep. It's a reminder that they're really not my things at all, and I don't have to act except out of prayer and in the will of God. And then it's Jesus sort of taking things, and I kind of like the fact that he sings to me. Don't worry, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And he has to do it all the time because we worry anyway. Um, And I was thinking about what Paul, you know, um, how three times that we have in Scripture where the Lord himself had to visit him because he was worried about a lot of stuff, too. You know, he even said at one point, because he was so worried about his brothers, the Jews, I'd give my very place in heaven if only my brothers, the Jews, 
would believe. And he was worried. I'm sure he had a list of friends and family. You know, he had friends and family who had prayed for him, and he's finally saved. And now he understands how bad he was. He had people like him, you know, that he's got on his prayer list now. And It's interesting. I haven't thought about that in a long time, but in, in Paul's farewells, um, he, he says to greet and he names his relatives mm-hmm. who were in Christ before he was. Mm-hmm. How many hours do you think they spent praying for this crazy man, Saul of Tarsus? Mm-hmm. And, and, and they had no idea that he was going to turn into the, the, the most effective Christian in the history of the world. And yet they prayed for him. And Paul was forever grateful for that. Yeah. See, we remember the little things like that. Then we can don't worry, baby. Uh, no, just if only we just, yeah. you know, take those times. He leads me beside quiet waters. Well, he's leading there. Our responsibility is to follow. He doesn't drag us there. He leads us there. Like he says, my sheep know my voice. I go, I lead, and they follow me. But sheep, we're not the smartest people. Yeah, and, and see... Not if the smartest animals, yeah, I should and, say. And, and if you... Um, are listening if you if you if you don't take action take matters into your own hands you'll hear him call you by name mm-hmm. say come on i got this let's go, go. yep yep you can follow me you can follow and he me. said that's the very definition of what a sheep does sheep are herd animals humans are herd animals mm-hmm. you just mentioned they're not the brightest bulbs on the planet mm-hmm. no, i just said that the other day mm-hmm. yep neither are we <laughs> um uh, and yet what sheep do when their shepherd is trustworthy is they gather around him. They know they're going to get fed. They know that, that, that he's going to be scanning the horizon for wolves and coyotes mm-hmm. and, and things. And, and Jesus is just saying, hey, if you'll be still and walk with me and follow me, then I got this. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. Um, I, I also like, because uh, not only does he shepherd us, we lack nothing. But he makes us to lie down in the green pastures. Okay, just stay over here. The grass is nice and deep and plush and green. You know, just you can eat there, no problem. And then I'm going to lead you to get some, some water by quiet streams. And the whole time he's refreshing our soul. Again, we got that's, that's kind of our action. Um, some people won't be consoled. They won't be refreshed. And because they're running around, you know, doing way too much stuff— um, not again, not that we have to be still, but that we have to be still in our minds and in our hearts. And like you say, a lot of times, open our hands, you know, Lord, I got so much stuff going on. Is all of it from you? Because if we're so busy that we're getting stressed out, we're busier than I think God wants us to be. Um, and so, like you say, open up your hands, open up your hands, Paula. You know, you're doing a lot of stuff, but is it from me? Yeah. You know, Paul, I think that's an important evaluation that we need to make regularly, not just once a year when we get away, but, but regularly. Lord, what, what's in my life that's not of you? Mm-hmm. What, what's in my life that isn't a benefit to my walk with you? And, and what, what's there that I'm trying to use my own strength to deal with mm-hmm. instead of being able to say, Lord, this is your burden. You said your burden um, is easy and light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to exchange my burden because mm-hmm. it's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. But we got to slow down enough to say, Jesus, reevaluate where I am and what I'm doing 
And then I always tell the church, keep our hands open. Let God sort of pick out the things that aren't there. Mm-hmm. And then say, okay, we leave them open, Lord. Now, you put the stuff that you want back in there. And then as he does that, you can just kind of close your hands exactly. and hold on to those things, knowing then that he's the one whose power is available. Yeah. And, and Lord, whatever you leave in there, help me to do it with all of my heart. Just be grateful. Even if it's stuff in there that I might like. That he says, well, yeah, I know you like that, but maybe to maybe for a while, we just put that put that aside, and I got something else and something better for you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It says, um, and he leads us along these right paths for his name's sake, which is what you're saying. Lord, take out the stuff that's not of you, and leave the stuff that's in, because every single day there's an appointment, at least one. There's an opportunity, at least. At least one that we have that the Lord is leading us along the right path if we would just focus on him and not all the stuff and what I want or what what I think he wants. Paula, you said today we were at a place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we bought some new stuff for our house. And um, you said to me, I love giving these cards. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to the guy that was selling the mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell people why. It was our, our church card. And on there is, you know, all the information of Calvary Chapel San Antonio, um, you know, including Pastor Ron Arbaugh's name right there. And, and because you're right there, if anybody asks a question, you know, oh, you're a Christian and I got this question. I was like, the man on the card, he's right there. <laughs> you could ask your question. He'll answer it because um, I'm like your agent. You know, uh, but my advanced man, yeah, that's right, advanced woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if they don't have a church, they could, and if they want to go online and and listen, they can. They have all the information about this radio program that if they want to listen and and call in. But that's kind of my, you know, here is my little. My little card for you, like almost like a track, you know. Uh, is it a track or a tract? Is what it is? track? Track. Okay, good. Okay, so I get my little track. That's my little opening. Give them an opportunity. And see, that's it. You're just asking God to open the door. Yeah. If it's there, you ask God to open the door. Mm-hmm. And that's how we find out. Yeah. And, and boy, it works a whole bunch of times, mm-hmm. doesn't it? I have given us so many cards, especially on airplanes. You know, and people, you know, we're there for an hour, two hours, sometimes three. Um, and people have kept those cards over the years and, you know, stay in touch from time they to stay time. in touch from time to time. Remember you gave me that card? On? No, I don't really remember, but I remember giving a card. I just don't remember who you are mm-hmm. right now. So, yeah, but he guides us along the right path for his namesake. And, and you just want to be sure not to miss an opportunity, especially if you see somebody who is kind of sad and hurting um you just you just kind of want to say you know he he can heal you or he could fix the situation and even if they don't get rectified the way you want them to he'll be with you he'll guide you along the right path for his name's sake and none of your whatever you're going through will be a waste you know, sometimes you, you also get the opportunity to fellowship with other believers. You don't know they're a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we were buying something else f- a few weeks ago for, mm-hmm. for the new house, mm-hmm. um, the lady that was helping us, yeah. and she saw the card, and, and suddenly she started 
Yeah. Talking about yeah. the Lord. She wanted so. to know how you, how we became believers, and you know, uh, how long we've been saved, and and you always loved us tell people, you know, could we been married or for, been together for a long time? How did that happen? You know, Jesus. And and then the conversation just goes, well, she was really thrilled that we were born again Christians. Yeah, just thinking, yeah, last night at church, um, we had a, a, a radio listener mm-hmm. who popped in to say hello. Yeah. And, you know, we, we always enjoy that. But that's part of being a public person, but we can use those opportunities to uh, to as a platform to share Jesus, and we get to do that. But you've got to be still. You've got to be in the will of God. Make sure he's doing the leading, and he always provides those opportunities if you're asking for them. Yeah. It was. It's always fun when we go out to breakfast because, uh, you know, we've been going to the same place. And now it's not the same place, but a lot of the same people from the other pancake house that we used to go to have moved over to this Same one. restaurant, just a new location. Yeah, new know. location. And it's so fun to walk in because, you know, hey, Ron, hey, Paula, and um, hey, Mama, hey, Pop, you know. <laughs> and uh, we always get opportunities there to um, either talk to people, you know, every once in a while I get to pray for somebody, like the lady I met in the, in the restroom. You meet people in the restroom all the time. And so that's, that's, it's fun. So anyway, rest in the Lord, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. Um, and, and, you know, Ron, this is a hard subject to bring up, but I'm getting so many texts and phone calls about, women and young girls who were falling into depression. And even Paul, like I was saying earlier, he fell into depression at least three times that we know of. And Jesus himself had to meet Paul to bring him out of that. Well, you know, if you're not a Christian, uh, Jesus wants to meet you, hold you, tell you how much he loves you. uh, But you really have to put yourself in that place for him to hear you. And so if you're in that desperate situation, even now you can cry out to God and say, you know, life is hard. You know, where's the love? That's where I was. Where's the love everybody keeps talking about, you know? Um, And I heard the voice say, and it was a voice I didn't even know um, really existed, say, I love you. I always have, and I always will. Well, even if you're not, even if you're not a Christian right now, he loves you. He always has and he always will, but you won't benefit from his love until you say, I want to be loved by you and invite him into your life. And so anyone who is not a believer and is struggling with depression, whether it's, you know, I've never been loved. I've never felt love before. I didn't even know what love is. I'm confused about who I am, what I should be, where I should be, all those things. Um, I need direction in my life. Maybe your life is a mess because you've done some really horrible things and you're depressed about that. You're disappointed even in yourself. And the Lord wants to say, but I can relieve you of that. Yeah. Uh, you in the audience, if you have any comments or questions, um, what it means to you to stay, be still and know that he is God, uh, we'd welcome that. If you have any questions about anything, we'd be more than happy to take them at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Uh, Paula, this also gives me a chance to 
refer people to the study I did last Friday night. Uh, we are on Friday nights in Ephesians chapter 6 in our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ephesians. And we, we, we began two weeks ago with the, uh, the, the subject in spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And uh, last Friday night, this past week, um, I talked about five of the devil's greatest tactics, mm-hmm. the, the, the ones his favorites, the ones that he uses. And the fifth one was depression. Yeah. And the reason depression was number five when it's really number one is that it takes all of the others as a process mm-hmm. to get to where he can he can kind of nail you with depression and it's really important so if you are struggling with depression out there um, listen to that Bible study it's at calvarysa.com um, I am actually going to start this week tomorrow uh, with the individual pieces of armor that God equips us with and in each of the armor, one of the things I'm going to do is talk about how we can use that piece of armor to deal with those five favorite tactics of mm-hmm. Satan mm-hmm. as well. So it's a, a very cohesive series. So you can sort of prepare yourself. You can be equipped to deal mm-hmm. with the depression of the enemy. And, and one thing for sure is if we're trying to get out ahead of God, if we're trying to solve our own problems, if we're consumed with worry or consumed by fear, um, eventually that's going to lead to depression because that's where Satan's trying to take all of us. Yeah. And uh, the the five things, because some people may be saying, what are they, what are they? Well, number one was condemnation, guilt. Um, and that usually follows some sort of a failure. And um, so... You go online, it's Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 on our website. Number two is doubt, um, and it will always be there. You know, that was kind of a, not a a comfortable thing to hear, but it's a, it's, it's a truth. So when doubts come, we don't have to do condemnation because we doubt. Well, from the very beginning, um, the, the devil has been saying, did God really say? Mm-hmm. And, and our flesh naturally is complicit with the enemy and his lies. So when, when he says, did God really say, well, I thought he did, but mm-hmm. how do I know for sure? And he hits us with all kinds of doubt. And so what we got to learn is to respond by faith. And we're going to tie that into the shield of faith a little bit later in the study. Okay. But, but we've got to be sure that we know what God's word says. And then we have to be honest enough to say, do we really believe it? It's not sort of, yeah, I believe it, but. Mm-hmm. But but no, do you believe it without reservation? Because when he brings doubt, and he does to you, to me, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian, there's always doubt. Yep. And my response when he, he brings doubt to me is, well, of course I know it's true. Mm-hmm. It is written. And that's exactly what Jesus used mm-hmm. to combat the mm-hmm. enemy. And the third thing is fear. And, uh, you know, Fear, we always say this, don't let it paralyze you. Walk with God through it. Because even walking through this, you know, the world, um, it's scary. And there's a lot of things to be fearful of. But keep going. Um, God is with me. You know, I, I like that. That's what this Psalm 23 is saying. He will lead me. And there's another, the, I turned away from it now, but it says, he, will, uh, he has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What? I'm afraid of that. But you are with me. You have prepared that table for but, me. But see, that, that's a victory table. And you're the guest of honor. Mm-hmm. And the enemies are going to be vanquished at that table. It's mm-hmm. like Judas when he was excused. Mm. 
from the, the, the what oh, yeah. we call the last supper. Go on supper. and do what you're going to do. Yeah, what you do, do mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got business with my family. And when he prepares that table for us, it's a table of victory. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a table. Uh, it's sort of like, um, I always think about Esther and, and uh, Mordecai. Mordecai. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who the, the antagonist thought... thought that he'd done away with with Mordecai problems Uh, and yet uh, it ended up that Haman had to drag Mordecai's cart this is the one the king wants to honor that's pretty awesome yeah so he's sitting at that table of victory that's right and then the fourth thing because I know we're coming to a break here in a minute the fourth thing is evil thoughts and imaginations and the enemy brings the evil and busy imaginations, right? Like when we go to pray. When I will go to pray, oh man, did I turn the iron off? You know, when I go to pray or read the word, oh my goodness, I got to go to the grocery store. I forgot this and I forgot that. Um, but to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, because, you know, I have found that the Lord will give me 25 hours in a day to get my stuff done. But the evil thoughts that come, it's like, oh man, what kind of cushion am I? I can't believe I'm, I'm thinking like this. And yet it's the enemy who wants to distract me from walking with my Jesus. It's the enemy who wants to say, you know, tell you, what kind of cushion are you? You've got your nerve talking to God, you know, with that kind of mind. And so the combination of those four leads to depression. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more in the other side of the break. Hey, we would love to have your comments or questions, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the word to stand on for life. The Date Day Show will be back in two minutes. Welcome back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program, 340-9585. Paula, we'll get back to our discussion in a moment. We have Ron from Converse Online 1. Ron, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Ron. Ron, are you there? Hello. Yes. Hi, Ron. Can you hear me okay now? Hi. We got mm-hmm. you. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, I had a question in relation to uh, something I've heard from the um, our our pastor Vernon McGee, I'm sure you know about him. That, uh, <laughs> I sure do. We lost, yeah, we lost some time ago. Now, in relation to the government, um, what's going on right now on the border? Our current administration, he made it quite clear that uh, yes, we know what the Bible says about um, if not accepting wholeheartedly, accepting at least um, to a to a scriptural degree um, the governments as they stand. But he made it quite clear in one of his recent sermons that if a government is acting um, in in not accord with with the Bible in 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 and pushing for concepts such as uh, you know um, everything from homosexuality, abortion, and uh, changing one's identity as one as one was born with, and that's just the beginning. And in relation to what's happening on the border. 
Well, we know worldly concepts like a cup can only hold so much, a father can only help his own children within a given earthly family. And um, I'm, 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 I can't say I'm, uh, I'm torn, but I know it as a patriot, I, but yet a Christian first, absolutely a Christian first. Um, what's going on right now? On the borders, everything that's uh, the individuals that are pouring across has said we're pushing 10% of them are COVID positive. Um, How should we feel about? um, I know what my natural man feels, and I know that the the church is generally the ones who help individuals, and the government helps those that help themselves, especially elderly with Social Security and and uh, Medicaid, um, but. What is your take in relation to what Vernon McGee said about if a government acts um, uh, against the will of Christ, then we have an obligation uh, to some degree, of, if not civil disobedience, to not at least not accepting in our hearts and not loving that government. Uh, I'm, I'm just there's so many things that have occurred um, in the last few months that. It's just—it's just a lot, and I just yeah, right. love I, your your. I, I'll your do pain. that. I can I can feel your pain. This is mm-hmm. something that we all have to struggle with. We we are patriots. That's a good thing. Now, but let me say this: that being a patriot is not being a proponent of nationalism. They're two different things. We love our country. We love the fact that we were we were born in a place where. <clears throat> where we're free to serve the Lord uh, without government interference. Uh, We love the fact that this land uh, has been blessed and and for the most part prosperous. Uh, We love all those things. Um, And yet we also have to remember that there are two kingdoms. Our kingdom is not of this world. Um, And yet how to interact with the kingdom of the world or the kingdoms, plural, of the world is always a difficult thing. You know, Ron, it's interesting that for the very first time today, the White House called the situation on the border a crisis. For the very first time, before they open the borders, they want all these people in, and we know what their motives are. That's that's clear. Um, but, But clearly we have a crisis there. And so what the government has to do, what the people in this country have to do, I'm going to talk about the earthly kingdom now. What we have to do is decide as a nation, do we want to be governed by laws regarding immigration or do we want just to have completely open borders, which is what the far left is really advocating for and has been advocating for for a very, very long time. And then when that decision is made, then the government is responsible as the caretaker of the people. The government is responsible then to uphold those laws. So if if the law passes, we're, we're Christians, if the law passes, that the, the borders are open and there's no more control, um, well, that's a decision that by virtue of voting, the people in this country have to decide. But if it is decided, as I think the overwhelming majority of people really want, We've decided that we need um, uh, legal control over immigration, lest it become out of control, i.e. the present crisis. Um, Then what we've got to do is uphold those laws. And every year around election time, as you know, this is this becomes a huge, huge issue. Now, speaking about Christians belonging to the other kingdom, our responsibility and this this 
dichotomy here, Ron, is important to, to, to understand. As a believer, I have no power or no authority and aside from a vote, no say-so in what the border policy is. But as a believer, when those immigrants come and we get an opportunity to minister to them, then clearly we need to minister to them in love and we need to be generous, we need to be gracious, um, we need to be open and welcoming. You know, as as a pastor, you want new people in your church all the time to be hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care what color or what country of origin they come from. If people come into our church, citizens or not citizens, they're going to be greeted with overwhelming love. They're going to hear the word of God taught. They're going to have an opportunity to, to receive Jesus Christ in their heart. And that's how we respond from a heavenly kingdom perspective. What we can't do, and I think this is the source of your frustration, Ron, the source of so many people's frustration, is that when the government is doing something that is just contrary to the will of God, um, we hate feeling like we have no power. And this is one of those times where we have to... uh, to steal from Paula from the start of the program. We have to be still and know that he's God and all we can do is our part. And I want to take every opportunity that the Lord provides to have people uh, hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, have an opportunity to surrender their hearts to him. And that isn't an issue of national immigration. That is simply um, being the good Samaritan. It's it's meeting people where they are and loving them. And I think unless we can differentiate between the national response, which would be an earthly kingdom, and the heavenly response, God's kingdom of which we are a part, I think this is always going to be a struggle. So I think we all need to be able to, to, uh, to vote. We need to participate in the government and the choices that are made. But once those choices are made, we've got to remember that it isn't uh, the, the current president who's in control. It's not the current Congress, uh, the Senate, or the House. It is God who is in control. And our job has to remain focused only on the people that he brings before us. There's nothing more that we can do. Mm-hmm. Ron, I hope that helps and gives you just a little bit of uh, of direction in terms of how you deal with this. Because it's tough when when we're hearing... Um, the laws that have been changed, the, 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 we would call them uh, laws of dealing with morality. Um, uh, we can never, ever support them. And there yeah. will be a time when civil disobedience will be necessary. Does that help, Ron? It helps a lot, Pastor. Thank you so Thank much you. for bringing perspective and a calm. My pleasure. Thank you, Ron. God bless you. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Let's go to Jeff online. To Jeff, thanks for calling. You are on the air, and Paul is holding your breath. Don't worry, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's Don't right. worry, baby. Yep. Hey, Jeff. I didn't get to yes. tell you. I did not get to tell you Sunday, one, how how thrilled I was to see you, but. How good you looked. Man. You know, that's exactly one of the reasons I called <laughs> about the good look, because, you know, at the third service teaching, Pastor mentioned how us older folks are looking kind of rough. <laughs> and 
and I, I at least I mean at least Pastor, you didn't put the entire cowboy boot in your mouth when you said how you know you said how beautiful Paula is. But I mean, speak for yourself. I mean, look <laughs> at Sam. He's he's not rough. <laughs> you know? I know he's pretty rough around the edges. And by the way, Jeff, since Paula brought this up, we have a rule here at Calvary Chapel against looking better than the pastor. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and you came in here dressed really nice, looking better than the pastor. Yeah, you brought I, the, you... I apologized, actually, on the yeah. way out the door. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think I Apology accepted. No, no, good. you looked good. You brought the curve up. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, I, tell you, I tell you who doesn't look rough is Pastor Ken. He, that guy's been working out, man. He's buff. I mean, that dude, I mean... <laughs> 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 if Ken is listening, I'm sure, and you just made his month. Oh yeah, yeah, for man, sure. having that nice shaved head and that and them mm-hmm. them, them biceps like no, okay. Now seriously though, <laughs> I, 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 I don't get me on a couple hours of that border conversation from your last caller because man, we can go on that. But um, I wanted to uh, ask you about this. You know, I waited to ask you this question until day day because Uh-oh, it was that awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was that <laughs> awesome verse that you pointed out in Second Peter 3, that verse 4 that says, You clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that. I, actually, that paraphrase, Eugene Peterson's message, he actually says, what matters is not your outer appearance, but your inner disposition. And he uses the verb cultivate inner beauty. And I know you're talking, Pastor Ron, about man, it's so beautiful. Make make a song into that or something. But I wanted mm-hmm. to hear you. I wanted to hear you two, you know, go into that a little bit. <laughs> and, and I'm going to hang up because I, okay, you know, Jeff. I need to, this is two, three's a crowd, two's company. So. Aww, Thank you, Jeff. So God bless. Love you guys. Talk to you. Love you too. You know, the reason that came up, Second Peter chapter 3, the first five verses, Paula, in the study was because that was first, I'm sorry, first Peter, I said Second Peter, I meant First Peter 3, chapter, uh, verses 1 through 5. Um, um, that's a passage of scripture, sort of a sister passage to the one we were talking about, um, that saved really my life. I mean, that's that's where God had you go when you were praying for me for those 13 years. And, um, uh, you know, a gentle and quiet spirit. And I, I made sure everybody knows Paul is not gentle or have a quiet spirit. But, but, but it doesn't mean words. It just means a, a spirit of peace. You know, the, the way you began this afternoon, be still, know that I'm God. Uh, you are able to be still and, and have the peace of God and the joy of the Lord, even through the really difficult times when I was making your life miserable. A living hell yeah. is your words. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when when you, you, you see that, when, when I was getting desperate, uh, all I could think about was, well, why isn't Paula desperate? Why isn't she freaking out? <laughs> and I knew because of that, that the, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, um, I knew that there was something to this Jesus. That's why when I got saved, I, I actually cried out for Paul as Jesus. I didn't know anything else about him, but I said, Paul is Jesus, if you're real, I need you. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the, the 
plea from the most desperate heart imaginable, and he was right there to meet me. And so that's when I was introduced to Paul as Jesus. Mm-hmm. I remember the Lord uh, getting a hold of me because I was thinking I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't thin enough. Something, what's going on, you know? Um, and so the Lord says, yeah, but your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as, you know, all the outward stuff. He, and he, he was saying, Paula, rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And we had arguments on that. I said, I'm not gentle. I'm not a quiet spirit. What is that? What does that even mean or look like? I'm not gentle. I'm rough. If you got something to say, I got something to say back. You know, <laughs> and a quiet spirit. No, 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 no. I- I'm not a quiet spirit. And I was thinking, man, I'm kind of loud. I'm, I'm, a, I'm gruff. Um, so this is not going to work out, you know, to the Lord. And um, I, this, and he was saying, this is a. It says here, which is of great worth in God's sight. I don't feel like I'm worthy at all because I'm not these things. And then it goes on to say, for this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. There's the key. Put my hope in God. Um, Lord, you have called me. Um, And so you need to do what you need to do to make me this gentle and quiet spirit. And that all goes all the way back is, okay, be still. Know that I'm God. You're not God, Paula. You can't affect a change. So just back to Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. Let me lead you beside quiet waters. Be still. Um, And then the rest of it is they submitted themselves to their own husbands, which the Lord has reminded me, just smile and say, sure. And God will take care of the rest. And I just need to remember that. You know, uh, what Jeff was referring to when I read that that verse, and uh, obviously it's a passage of Scripture you and I have visited and spoken about a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, it just really hit me when I read it from the pulpit on Sunday. Um, the the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And I, I said, Pastor Elaine, he's, he's our worship pastor. You need to write a song. Yeah, that, yeah that, There's that your idea. Awesome. You need to write a song. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's that's that's what's attractive about Christians. It's not our positions on issues like Ron was calling about. Mm-hmm. It's not our opinions about things that are going on. It's just that steady trust in God. Yeah. That that consistent walk with God. We're not too high, we're not too low, but we have that steady walk with Jesus that others can see. Mm-hmm. And then when everybody in the world is freaking out and you're not, yeah. eventually some of those people are going to want to know, why aren't mm-hmm. you freaking out? I'm so afraid. Why aren't you afraid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it's even more powerful when you can say, well, wait a minute, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. But I trust Jesus. Yeah, which is verse 6. Like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. Remember, he gave her away two times. Yeah. You know, and she was in very tough situations. But it goes on to say, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Doesn't say you're not going to be fearful. Just don't give way to fear. Lord, I'm going to trust you. How many times did I run into the restroom when you were making all these crazy decisions and say, Lord, this man you gave me, you know. <laughs> and that, that's, that's after I was saved, after we were here. Yes. And the Lord has had, had said, this is the one for life. For life is a long time, you know, because we're still living. But all the decisions that had to be made that made me fearful 
And yet the Lord says, you can be fearful, but don't give way to fear. Don't forget that I'm with you. Yeah, by definition, the passage, Sarah was fearful, Mm -hmm. but she didn't give in to fear. She didn't give in to fear. Yeah. I think that's something we need to remember. And that's one of those things, you know, uh, when, when when you say, be still and know that I'm God, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah did not typically take matters into her own hands. And the one time she did, mm-hmm. turned out to be a disaster yeah. for her, for Abraham, um, certainly for, for Hagar and Ishmael. And, and for all eternity. Until Jesus comes back. Until Jesus comes back. But for the most part, um, she said, yes. You know, I, I always, I like to think about that first time when Abraham, remember they were an idol-worshiping family, mm-hmm. and, and Abraham was seeking God. And they would make their idols, they would have a, a separate little shed or, or little housing for their, their family gods. Mm-hmm. And he would go in there and offer sacrifices to them or or light candles to them or pray to them, whatever it is that, that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And and at some point, Abram then started walking out of those things saying, wait a minute, I'm not any different. I made that God, that idol mm-hmm. that I just worshipped and offered a sacrifice to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not changed. And, you know, this is your cry. There's got to be more to, than, than this. <laughs> and, and, and it was one of those days when he heard the voice, mm-hmm. Abram, mm-hmm. Abram, who are you? Mm-hmm. He would have thought. Mm-hmm. And, and he had a personal encounter that day with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And when he did, and, and God gave him instructions, he had to go to his wife, Sarai, mm-hmm. And say, okay, we, we're leaving. I met God. She would have said, well, which one? There's hundreds or thousands of them. <laughs> they said, no, I met the real God. Yeah. Come on. Uh-huh. Abe, what do you mean you met the real God? Mm-hmm. And his response would be, Sarai, he knew my name. Yeah. It's personal. Mm-hmm. Well, what did he say? Well, we got to go. Okay, where are we going? He would say, I don't know. I'm going to lead you beside quiet waters. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, imagine the mm-hmm. faith. And but, but, but he was so convincing. He had a personal encounter with God. He was so convincing that she just said, okay, none of this makes sense, mm-hmm. but I'm your wife. Yeah. You have said to me, I don't know, a dozen times over the years, mm-hmm. I'm your wife. I will follow you. Yeah, That's exactly what Sarai did. That's the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Mm-hmm. Not not the one that insists on getting things their own way. Mm-hmm. Not the one that insists on explanations mm-hmm. or what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. But just a husband and a wife walking together committed to serving Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's good. We are inside five minutes, Paula. What do you want to talk about for the last five minutes? As you were talking, if this had been a TV show... And they could have seen my face changing because um, as you're talking about, you know, he's worshiping his idols and it comes out and he's not changed. Well, for the longest time, you know, I was thinking you were stronger than God and you were never going to be changed. But I remember after you were saved, you know, it took a while to believe you because you were still Go ahead. One year. One whole year. Almost to the day. Because <laughs> yeah. you kept lying and you kept doing the things. Um, you know, you just didn't have the faith to not do 
what you normally always did. And but, but you could tell I was changed. Yes, there was a change. There's definitely a change because, you know, you would go to the racetrack and you'd be gambling and all of a sudden you'd be home early. And then, not only that, but then the poker games that you would have at our house, and I just, I could not stand the cigarette smells of the guys who would come to the house, but I'd make everything for you guys. Then I'd put blankets and pillows under the door so it wouldn't come into our bedroom because you guys would be up all hours of the night um, playing poker. And then they would go home, and as soon as they left, and I'm talking maybe sometimes 2 o'clock in the morning or so, I would get up because I, I, I couldn't sleep in my house with the fact that there would be cigarette butts in our house and food in the sink, you know, because nobody was going to clean the dishes up if I didn't do it. So, But I remember after a while, you're like, this isn't fun anymore. And that stopped. I knew God was, I mean, I knew he was real all, all along, but he's an ever-changing God. And um, so, you know, to follow you, even though there'd be times, because that was before we came to Texas, and I would still remember those times. <laughs> We're going to do what? And I would say, Lord, this man you gave me, you said he's the one for life. Life is thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trusting you, Lord. You didn't forget to love me, right? And he's like, I have you. I love you. I always have and I always will. So... That's why I guess he told me, what you getting ready to do now, Pastor Ron? What are you getting ready to do? Rest rest in the Lord. Be still and know I'm going. What are we getting ready to do? I'm just a kite stream. We get, am I getting ready to go flying again? I think. Yeah? <laughs> oh, I'm holding on to Jesus and you. So it's going to be all right. Well, Paula, we're under two minutes now. How about um, a, a final word to anybody dealing with depression? And I want to recommend one more time the Bible study last Friday night. Yeah. And, and we're going to take all of those issues into all of our pieces of armor mm-hmm. coming up. So um, I recommend very highly CalvarySA.com. Go yeah. ahead, Paul. And, and with that, um, when you come, when you call or go online, come to the church. Um, I, I, every time somebody comes in here and they're dealing with something that um, they're either ashamed of or fearful that it's not going to break, I can point them to somebody in the church who's already been there and done that, and God has has freedom of it. And, and there's so many people here who would encourage you, walk with you through this. So uh, please don't think you're the only one that this is happening to because that's what the enemy wants to do isolate you to make you think you're the only one um it's it's not true if i'd had enough time there would have been a sixth one on there it would have been pride Mm. would have been somewhere up the list Uh, church sanctuary is not a place for pride Mm -hmm. a broken life is not a place to hold on to pride yeah um this is this is where we get real this is where we let jesus have his way and it's the one way the only way we can meet him in our time of need Hey, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'll be back tomorrow. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. Goodbye. Bye-bye.